Act Two of Seven Keys to Ball Paint by George M. Cohen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two the curtain rises on the same situation. After curtain is up, there is silence for about six seconds. Then the clock is heard striking two. Hayden takes out his watch and looks at it. All squirm and look at each other impatiently. <sighs> two o'clock. We've been sitting here over twenty minutes already. Say, Hermie, you'd better put another log on the fire. Peters crosses to fire, puts a log on the fire, looks closely at Myra in front of the fireplace, then goes back to a former position and sits. I think someone ought to say something. Come on, let's start a conversation. Things are getting awfully dull. Hayden gets up after a short pause and goes towards McGee. This is all damned nonsense. I refuse to stay here another minute. McGee, coolly and without moving. Sit down, Hayden. I'm very sorry to inconvenience you in this way, but it's necessary that you should stay here and keep us company. So sit down before I shoot you down. That's a good little president. Hayden sits sulkily. That's it. Now let me see, what can we talk about to kill the monotony and keep things sort of lively? I have it. Let's all tell each other where we got our keys to Baldpate. All move uneasily. What do you think of the idea? No reply. No? Well, I'll start the ball rolling, then perhaps we'll all fess up. I brought a letter from the man who owns the inn to the caretaker, giving him instructions to turn the key over to me. That's how I got mine. Next. Pause. No one speaks. No? Big secrets, eh? Laughs. <laughs> By George, that's funny. Let's see, how many keys are there? I had the first, Bland the second, Miss Norton the third, our friend the ghost the fourth, this young lady had the fifth, and if I'm not mistaken, you had the sixth key, Mr. Cargan. Hayden doesn't count, he had Bland's key. Six keys to Baldpate so far. I wonder if there are any more. Peters, after a pause. There are seven keys to bowl, Pete. All turn and look at Peters in surprise. Seven? How do you know? The old man told me the day before he died. Mine's the original. All the others are imitations. All turn from him in disgust. Seven keys, eh? More company expected. More melodrama, I suppose. Where did you get your key, Bland? Bland and McGee together. None, None of your, your damn, damn business. business. McGee laughs. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. How about you, Mr. Cargan? Perhaps you'll be good enough to throw some light on the key subject. Where did you get yours? I wouldn't tell you if my life was at stake. Well, perhaps the young lady will be good enough to inform me where her key came from? All turn and look at Myra. Myra turns and faces men. I've no objections. Max, pleadingly. Myra, please. Myra, pointing to Max. He gave the key to me. All turn and look at Max. Cargan, 
to Max. Where did you get a key to Baldpate? I uh, can't tell you, Mr. Mayor. I've sworn never to tell. Cargan to Myra. I suppose he also gave you the combination to the safe. He did. Max, pleadingly. Myra. Oh, shut up. You were never anything but a crybaby. You've got me into a pretty mess. Do you think I'm going to sit here like a fool and not pay you back when I've got the chance to do it? Gets up and faces men. They all stare at her. I'll tell you the whole scene. I was to come here and make off with the package, and Cargan was to follow and find it gone. We were to meet tomorrow and divide the money equally. Cargan turns on Max. You rat. Max turns from Cargan in a hangdog fashion. His excuse to Cargan for the disappearance of the money was going to be to accuse Bland of never having put it there. Points to Bland at mention of his name. What? Starts towards left. Sit down, Bland. Bland hesitates, then sits. Bland, turning to Hayden. Do you hear that, Governor? He was going to accuse me of stealing the money. Cargan to Max. You mark my words. I'm going to kill you for this. Bland to Cargan. Where did you get a key to Baldpate, Cargan? You told me you couldn't get in here unless I met you and unlocked the door. Cargan looks embarrassed but does not reply. I can explain that. All look toward her. He was to meet you here tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. Am I right? That's right. I made the appointment over the phone. Well, the plan was to steal in here in the dead of night and take the money. He fully intended to keep his appointment here tomorrow morning, however, and appeared just as much surprised as you would have been when you discovered the safe empty and the package gone. In other words, he was going to cross not only you, but Hayden and everyone else connected with the bribe. He tried to cross you. Points to Bland. And Lumax tried to double-cross him. Points to Cargan. Laughs and sits. <laughs> if I hadn't been interrupted by our friend here... Nods her head in McGee's direction. I'd have gotten the money and triple-crossed the whole outfit. What? Yes, that was my intention. Scruples are a joke when one is dealing with crooks. Cargan starts up. Who's a crook? Sit down, Cargan. Cargan, infuriated. Do you think I'll stand to be... McGee, sternly. Sit down, I tell you. I'm the schoolteacher here. Be a good little mare and sit down. Cargan sits. Myra, sneeringly, after a slight pause. Why, you're not even clever crooks. You trusted Max, and Max trusted me. Laughs. <laughs> A fine chance either one of you had if I ever had gotten hold of that money. Hayden, too bland, after thinking a moment. Who is this woman? I don't know. Cargan turns to Hayden. Her name is Thornhill. Don't believe a word she says, Hayden. Her oath isn't worth a nickel. She's a professional blackmailer, pure and simple. Hayden, to Myra. Is this true? I never heard of a pure and simple blackmailer. Did you? Laughs. 
So far as my word is concerned, I fancy it will carry as much weight as the word of a crooked politician or the word of his man Friday, whom he knows to be an ex-convict. Max starts up. What? Sit down, Maxie. It's just getting good. Max slinks into his chair. Hayden, too blonde, who looks at him. Fine people you've introduced me to, you lunk-headed idiot. Well, what are you blaming me for? You wanted the deal put through, didn't you? After this, you can do your own crooked work. I'm not anxious to get mixed up in a thing of this kind. You've got a fine nerve to go after me. Hayden gets up. How dare you talk to your employer in such a manner? Oh, sit down. Hayden sits. What do you think I care for this job? I told you to stay out of the deal, that it was wrong. You know well enough that it's only cheating the city of Royton out of its rights. If this thing ever comes to light, we're all lucky if we don't spend five or six years in a stone yard. I tell you right now, if it comes to a showdown, I'm going to make a clean breast to the whole affair. I don't care who I send away, so long as I can save myself. You needn't think you can get me into a fix like this and have me keep my mouth shut. No, sir, I'm going to tell the truth, and I don't care a damn who suffers, so long as I get away. Myra laughs. <laughs> One of our best little squealers. Bland. To Myra. Well, you squealed, didn't you? Sure. I'm with you, cutie. I'm going to scream my head off all over the place. All show alarm. Cargan to Max after a pause. So, you tried to cross me, eh? Certainly I tried to cross you. Why shouldn't I? You're always crossing everybody, ain't you? Rises. I've stood for your loud talk long enough, Cargan. I've been wanting to call you for the last two years. You're a great big bluff, that's all you are. And I'm going to get even for that punch you took at me, do you hear? Now, you shoot any more of that killing stuff at me, I'll go after you like a wild bear. You're never going to kill anybody. You haven't got the nerve. But I have. And the next bluff you make at me will be your last. Sits. It's your fault I'm mixed up in this affair. And the best thing you can do is to get me away clean. Do you understand? Smashes table with fist. Pause. Then looks at Hayden. You didn't think you were going to get that franchise for 200000 did you, Hayden? Why, this man would have bled you for half a million before the bill went through and then held you up for hush money besides. I know what I'm talking about. He was going to rob you, Hayden. And I dare him to call me a liar. All look at Cargan, who swallows the insult in fear of Max's attitude. Hayden, after a pause. Cargan, is it true that you are going to rob me of this money? Cargan turns to Hayden after a slight pause. Well, if you want to know, yes, that's what I was going to do. Rob you. Just what you deserve. You were trying to rob the city, weren't you? You're just as much a thief as I am. If I'm a crook, 
It's your kind that has made me so. You and your rotten money, tempting men to lie and steal. Settles back in his chair. Big corporations such as yours are the cause of corrupt politics in this country, and you're just the kind of a sneak that helps build prisons that are filled with the poor devils that do your dirty work. You're worse than a crook. You're a maker of crooks. Turns to Hayden, leans forward and points at him. But I promise you, Hayden, that if I go up for this, you'll go up with me. It's your fault that I entered into this thing, and by gad I'll get even if I have to lie over a Bible and swear your life away. Turns, facing audience. Rob you. Ha! <laughs> You've got a hell of a gall to yell about being robbed, you have. Peters, after slight pause. I hope the prison catches fire and you're all burned to a crisp. McGee laughs. <laughs> you know, my suggestion was to start a conversation, not a rough house. Hayden, after a slight pause. This woman who took the money. Who is she? A newspaper reporter. On the Daily Star. The sheet that has fought me ever since I've been in office. They've got me this time, sure. Max, after a pause, looking nervously at McGee. How much longer are you going to keep us here? That's for the telephone to say. I'll release you as soon as I'm sure Miss Norton is safe and sound in Rootin. All turn toward McGee, surprised. Then you're not going to turn us over to the police? Certainly not. Why should I? Movement of relief from all. Peters gets up. Because there are a lot of crooks. All turn towards Peters. Oh, how I'd love to be on the jury. Sit down, Hermie. I need a little target practice, and remember there's no law against killing ghosts. Peters sits. There's no train to Rooten till five o'clock. That means we must stay here till six, eh? I'm afraid so, unless they make it by automobile from Ascalon. It means several hours at the best, so you might as well be patient. You've got a long wait. All move uneasily. Myra, cuddling up in her chair. Me for my beauty sleep. Good night. Short pause, then phone rings. All start and stare at it. McGee gets up and stops buzzer. She couldn't have made it as quick as that. It's over an hour by automobile. McGee keeps them all covered with gun. Answer that phone, please, Miss Thornhill. Myra gets up and goes to phone. McGee backs upstage. I'm going to keep looking straight ahead of me tonight. Hurry, please, give me the message as you get it. I'll tell you what to say if it requires an answer. Myra at phone in a bored tone. Hello? Yes, bald paid in. Yes, I know who you mean. Just a moment. To McGee. Someone wants to talk to you. Get the name. In phone. Hello, who is this, please? Oh, yes. Very well, I'll tell him. Turns to McGee. Miss Norton. Say that it is impossible for me to turn my back long enough to come to the phone, and that you will take the message and repeat it to me as you get it. Myra, in phone. McGee backs up right center. It is impossible for him to turn his back long enough to come to the phone. You are to give me the message, and I am to repeat it to him as I get it. You are talking from the commercial house in a skew one. 
You missed the package of money five minutes ago. All turn. You either dropped it in the inn before you left, or else lost it while hurrying down the mountain. Search the inn thoroughly. Pause while all look around the room. Ask him whether or not you should notify the police. All show fear. You're nearly crazy and don't know which way to turn. Just a moment. Turns and looks at McGee. Well, what shall I say? McGee looks around at all, then answers after a pause. Say to hold the wire. Myra, in phone. Hold the wire, please. Gets up and goes towards chair right. The money lost. Thank God. <laughs> there goes their evidence. Whoever heard of losing two hundred thousand dollars? Can't be done outside of Wall Street. Surest thing you know, she's holding out. McGee smiles. You're a quick thinker, Miss Thornhill. Myra turns to McGee. What do you mean? That I don't believe you got that message at all. Myra shrugs her shoulders indifferently. Very well. She's on the wire. See for yourself. Sits in chair in front of fire. Come here, Hermie. My name's not Henry. My name's Peters. Well, whatever it is, come here. Peters goes up to McGee, upright. I know you don't like anybody in this room any better than I do, so I'm going to take a chance on you. Take this gun and guard that door until I get this message, and you kill the first man or woman that makes a move. Do you understand? Peters, vindictively. I'd like to kill them all. Don't shoot unless you have to. He hands Peters the gun and goes to the phone. Hello? Damn you, Cargan. I've got you at last. Peters goes towards Cargan and is grabbed by Hayden. Myra screams and jumps up. Bland springs on McGee and struggles with him. Max rushes over to Wright, and the two overpower McGee at phone. When Hayden grabs Peters, Cargan rushes over and struggles with Peters, wrestling the gum from him. Max to McGee. Take it easy, young fella. You haven't got a chance. We've got him. Cargan. After wrenching gun from Peters, he hits him a blow, knocking him down. Oh, what do you think of that? Bland and Max are right, each holding McGee by the arms. Peters is on the floor, center. Cargan standing over him with gun. Hayden is left, looking on. Cargan to Peters. So, you wanted to take a shot at me, eh? Kicks Peters. Get up. Peters gets up in fear. Cargan backs upstage slightly. Put them both up in the room where he puts us. And lock the door. I can make a getaway from the window, Cargan. I did it myself. Uh, there's no window in that room. It's a linen closet. Put them up there. He backs upstage, gun in hand. Peters starts upstairs. McGee to Cargan. As he comes to center, on way to stairs. What's the idea, Cargan? Cargan. Backing up center and pointing gun. Go on. I'm the schoolteacher now. Do as you're told. Hayden goes to extreme left as Peters and McGee go upstairs, followed by Max. Bland goes right, below phone.
Hagen speaks next lines to Myra, with his back to her. Get on that phone, Miss Thornhill, and tell that woman not to notify the police. Say that she is to return here at once, and see what she says. Myra goes to phone. McGee and Max are now on landing. Peters is standing at door of room left on balcony. Myra in phone. Hello? Yes. Why, the message is that you are not to notify the police of the loss. Say nothing to anyone, but return here at once. That is the message. Yes, goodbye. Hangs up, receiver. Cargan to Myra, watching McGee. All right. Myra, rising from switchboard. As quick as she can get here, she says. Goes down right to chair. McGee stops on landing as soon as he hears phone conversation. What are you going to do, Cargan? Never mind. I'm running things now. Get in here. Peters exits room left on balcony. You harm that girl and I'll get you if it's the last act of my life. I've read that kind of talk in books. I write books of that kind, but I'm talking real talk now. Max to McGee. Go on, get in there. McGee goes upstairs and exits into room left. Max locks door and comes to foot of stairs. Bland has gone left. Cargan puts gun in his pocket and comes down center. Hayden, over to Cargan at center. Now what's the move, Cargan? We're going to get that money if she's got it on her. You don't think she's fool enough to bring it back with her if she's trying to get away with it, do you? What are you going to do with it if you find it on her, Cargan? Keep it, of course. It's my money. Our agreement holds good. You people will get the franchise, don't worry. Why, you've just openly declared that you were going to rob me of the money. Oh, because I was mad clean through. Wasn't I being accused right and left? I didn't mean a word I said, Hayden. I don't even know what I said. Pats Hayden ingratiatingly on the shoulders, then goes up center, looking at room left. Hayden goes to Bland, who is below table left. What do you think, Bland? Cargan and Max come downstage to center. Don't ask me. You bawled me out once tonight. That's enough. I haven't forgotten what you said to me, Mr. Max. I don't want you to forget it. I want you to remember it all your life. As Cargan reaches for gun. I wouldn't care if you had six guns on you. Cut out that wild talk. I ain't gonna listen to it anymore. Why, you're nothing but a cheap coward, Cargan. Cargan looks at Max a moment, then turns upstage, cowed. Max crosses to Myra, right. So you tried to double-cross me, eh? Myra turns and faces Max. Why, certainly. Who are you? Why, damn you, I... Raises his hand to strike Myra, who shrinks away, bland, crossing quickly to center. Here, wait a minute, Max. Nothing like that while I'm around. Max turns to Bland. Maybe you want some of it. Why, I... Raises his hand to strike Bland. Bland grabs Max's arm and throws it back. Now behave yourself. The same speech you just made to Cargan goes for me. I want you to cut out this wild talk. 
I'm not going to listen to any more of it. I'll put you on your back if you make another bluff at me. Hayden goes to Max and Bland, center. Gentlemen, gentlemen, please. Max and Bland look each other in the eye for a moment. Then Max goes upright, near safe. Bland turns to Hayden after Max has gone upright. You keep out of this, Hayden. You'll get all you're looking for, if you don't. Raises his hand to Hayden as if to strike. Put it down. Put it down, do you hear me? What do you mean by raising your hand to me? Why, damn me, for two pins I'd take and wipe up the floor with you. I can whip a whole army of cowards like you. Now get away from me. Get away from me before I knock you down. Bland, surprised at Hayden's attitude, goes up to center door after staring at Hayden a moment. Hayden goes to Myra, right. Max goes to safe and begins working combination. Now, madam, what do you mean by claiming to be my wife? I demand an explanation. Myra turns quickly and angrily on Hayden. Now let me tell you something, old man. You can scare these three little boys, but I don't want you to annoy me, because I've got a nasty temper. So go on, get away, before I lose it. Hayden stares at Myra, dumbfounded then goes quickly to left. Myra seats herself in chair after Hayden turns from her. Max, by this time, has worked the combination of the safe, and at this point the door flies open. He grabs a gun from the safe and slams door shut. Cargan, who has been standing at foot of stairs looking up at room left, turns quickly as he hears the door slam and crosses quickly to right center, catching Max at safe door. Bland crosses Cargan to left center. Cargan, pulling gun. Get away from that safe. What are you doing there? Max flashes revolver. Myra rises and stands left of chair below it. Ah, you needn't be afraid. I ain't gonna do anything. Only I... Max has come in front of desk while speaking above lines and now takes deliberate aim at Myra and shoots. She screams and drops into chair. Bland runs to Myra. God. Cargan crosses to left of Max. What's the matter, Max? Have you gone crazy? Puts gun in his pocket. Hayden over to right of Max, looking towards Myra. Now we're in for it. Is she hurt? Max, down left of Hayden. I couldn't help it. It was an accident. I didn't mean it, I tell you. McGee raps on door upstairs. All look up. McGee from upstairs. What's wrong down there? Raps again. What's happened? All stand rigid, staring. Bland, in a low voice. Put out the lights. Cargan tiptoes upstage and turns out bracket lights leaving only the reflection of burning logs on Myra's face, then tiptoes back to center. Anything serious, Bland? You're a damn good shot, Max. You got her all right. Is feeling Myra's pulse. Don't say that. Backs away to left center. It can't be possible. It's all over. She's gone. Drops her hand, then turns her chair round to right. Max, right center, wild-eyed. But I didn't mean it, I tell you. It was an accident. 
You lie. I saw you take aim. So did I. Max, pleadingly. Oh, no, don't say that. It isn't so. Before heaven, I swear it was an accident. McGee pounds on door, upstairs. Hayden, Cargan, and Bland. To Max, Hayden is left of Max. Shh! All look up in direction of door. McGee, from room right. Tell me what the matter is down there. Cargan goes to foot of stairs and calls up. Everything's all right. Nothing wrong. I know better. Open this door. Pounds on door. Give me a hand, Cargan, and we'll get her out of here. Max and Hayden go up center. Cargan, over to Bland. Where do you mean? Bland, pointing to room right on balcony. Up in that room. Come on, hurry up. Cargan assists Bland in lifting Myra to the latter's shoulders. Bland starts for the stairs, carrying Myra. Cargan following with her wraps, etc. Max, right center, as Bland passes with Myra. I didn't mean it, I tell you. I'm innocent. Why, I wouldn't harm a fly. Hayden goes right center to Max and silences him roughly. Keep quiet, you damn fool. Do you want the world to hear you? McGee resumes pounding on the door. Just as Bland and Cargan get to the first landing, McGee kicks the door open from the inside, and in the breakaway the lock falls to the floor. McGee enters on the balcony as the door flies open, Peters following him out. McGee comes to the first landing and follows Bland and Cargan up the opposite stairs a few steps. Peters remains outside door right. Bland and Cargan stop only a second on the first landing, and then continue on up the stairs during the following lines. What's happened? Uh, She's fainted, that's all. Where are you taking her? You'll keep out of this young fellow if you know what's good for you. Bland and Cargan exit into room right, Cargan closing the door. McGee has followed them on balcony, watches them exit with Myra, then rushes downstairs to Hayden Center. Who fired that pistol shot? Max, right, blurts out. It was an accident. Hayden, quickly, to Max, right center. Shut up. See here, Hayden, if there's anything wrong here, you can't afford to mix up in it. You're too big a man. Max, hysterically. I didn't mean to kill her. I'm not responsible. It was an accident. McGee, right center. Oh, we have a murder case on our hands. Is that the idea? Hayden, right of McGee. I don't know. But whatever it is, we're all in this thing together. We must frame a story and stick to it, do you understand? No, I don't understand. We must claim suicide. Max, going towards center, Hayden goes up center. That's it. She killed herself. I was an eyewitness. She killed herself. Do you think I'd enter into such a dastardly scheme? Bland and Cargan enter and stand on balcony center listening. No. If it's murder, there's the murderer. Points to Max, crosses to him right, then back to left center. Self-confessed. But you're all as guilty as this man, every one of you. It's the outcome and result of rotten politics and greed. I'll swear to every word that's been uttered here tonight. I've had my ear against the crack of that door for the last five minutes. I overheard every word that passed between you. I'll tell the story straight from the shoulder. 
You can't crawl out of it, gentlemen, with your suicide alibi. It's murder in the first degree, and I'm going to help make you pay the penalty. Hayden and Max stand staring at him. Hayden goes upright, near desk. Cargan and Bland, after a bit of pantomime, come downstairs. Cargan goes to the left of McGee and Bland to right of him. Max is right. Cargan, after a pause, left of McGee. I'm afraid you're in the wrong here, young fellow. Peters sneaks across the balcony to right of it and stands listening to next few speeches, hidden behind post right. I'm sorry for you. From the bottom of my heart I pity you. Take stage a little left. McGee does not reply, simply looks at Cargan, then at Bland. Bland, after a pause. She's dead. You killed her all right. McGee looks Bland in the eye, then at Cargan. The latter turns upstage after a pause, then crosses down to back of chair left. McGee crosses to Hayden, who comes down center. Hayden comes down center to right of McGee. Better plead insanity, old man. It's the only chance you've got. McGee stares at Hayden, then crosses over to right and looks Max straight in the eye. Max stares back at him. Max, after a pause. Bad business as carrying guns. Who was the woman? Your wife? Peters exits into the room on balcony right, closing door. Bland is left center. McGee turns, sees the three staring at him, smiles, and comes center. No, no, gentlemen, you can't get away with it. It's good melodrama, but it's old stuff. I know every trick of the trade. I've written it by the yard. You can't intimidate me. I won't be third-degreed. You work very well together, but it's rough work, and it isn't going to get you anything. Besides, you forget I have a witness in Peter's, the hermit. All turn and look up at the room left. Cargan. Front of table left. Looks up at room, then says to Bland. Get him. Bring him down. Goes to foot of stairs as Bland goes upstairs. Bland runs up and looks into room left, then comes out on balcony. He's gone. Hayden looks at Max, then back to Bland. Gone? Where? Bland comes quickly down the stairs. He probably found a way. He knows the place better than we do. Goes right of McGee. Cargan comes down to McGee, right center. I saw you when you fired. You shot to kill. Bland, right of McGee. I tried to knock the gun from your hand, but I was too late. Goes upstage. Hayden, right of Bland. I didn't witness the shooting myself, but I turned just in time to grab you before you got away. Max, right. But you shouldn't have choked her. That was the brutal part of it. McGee starts for Max, who backs away to the fireplace, frightened. Why, you dog, I... Chief Kennedy appears outside door and pounds on it three times. All on stage stop abruptly and look toward door, holding the picture for a repeat of the pounding. Cargan, loudly. Who's there? Kennedy yells through door from outside. Open this door in the name of the law. Warn lights. The police. 
Hayden, quickly to Max. Keep quiet. Gets behind desk. Bland to Cargan. You'd better let him in, Cargan. McGee starts for door. I'll unlock the door. No, you don't. I'll attend to it. Crosses McGee, goes up to door, and unlocks it. Kennedy steps in, watching Cargan as the latter locks the door. As Cargan is about to put key in his pocket, Kennedy speaks. Bland has gone left, above table, when Cargan goes up to door. Kennedy, up left center, just inside door. Here, wait a minute. I'll take that key. I'll take that gun I saw you stick in your pocket, too. Bland takes a couple of steps towards Kennedy, up left. What authority of you? Kennedy comes down left center to Bland. Close your trap. I'm Chief Kennedy of the Ascawan Falls Police Headquarters. That's my authority. Cargan, down to Kennedy, pointing to Bland. It's all right, Chief. He's all right. Where's the light switch? Up there to your left. Kennedy goes up left of door and turns on lights, then comes downstage left of Cargan, recognizing him. Hello, Mr. Mayor. What are you doing here? I can explain all that. McGee, pointing to Max. That man has a gun on him also. Hayden moves over towards left slowly. Kennedy goes over right center and looks McGee over carefully. Who are you? Cargan crosses to left center. I'll tell you who I am at the proper time and place. You'd better get on your job quick here, Chief. There's something doing. Two of these men are carrying weapons, and two of them also have keys to that door. I'm telling you this to prevent a getaway. What are you trying to do? Run the police department? This is an important case, Chief. Thousands of dollars are involved, and a crime committed besides. I advise placing every man in this room under arrest immediately. Kennedy to Cargan. What's this all about, Mr. Mayor? All appear anxious. He's four-flushing, Chief. He's stalling for a chance to break away. Eh, don't be afraid. I've got men outside. Nobody will get away. Crosses McGee to Max, right center, and looks at him closely. Lou Max, eh? Quite the crowd of celebrities. To Max. You got a gun? Max hands him his gun. What are you toting this for? No reply from Max. Chief turns and fans McGee. He's clean. Turns McGee upstage and crosses to Cargan. I'm sorry to trouble you, Mr. Mayor, but I'll have to relieve you of that hardware. Cargan hands Chief his gun. And the key, too, please. Cargan hands Chief his key. I've come here to investigate, and I've got to do my duty. Crosses Cargan over to Bland, left center. Bland, holding up his hands as Chief approaches him. There's nothing on me. Kennedy, fans Bland. Who's got the other key? He said there were two. Bland points to Hayden. This gentleman. Kennedy goes to Hayden, left, who hands the chief his key. Hello, Mr. Hayden. Huh. This is a real highbrow affair, isn't it? Well... Smiles, goes up center of right of Cargan, and looks them all over. Come on, somebody open up. What's the big gathering all about? Max, pointing to McGee. He's got a key. Make him give it up. Kennedy, to McGee. Come on. McGee hands Chief his key. You got anything more to say? 
I preferred to tell my story in the presence of witnesses. I insist upon the immediate arrest of everyone here, myself included. Don't mind him, Chief. He's a madman. Well, somebody telephoned police headquarters from here about two hours ago, and when we got on the wire, Central said they'd hung up. We got a new connection and asked if they'd called, and some woman said, no, it was a mistake. We got to thinking it over at headquarters, and it didn't listen good. So we looked it up and found out that the call had been put in from Baldpate Inn. So I made up my mind to come here and investigate. Now, when I started up the mountain ten minutes ago, the lights were on full blast. And all of a sudden, they went out, and there was a pistol shot too. Every one of my men heard the report, and we all agree it came from this direction. Now what's it all about? "'Twas I who called up police headquarters. "'All look at McGee. "'You. Sergeant said it was a woman's voice on the wire. "'That was the second time when you called up, but I tried to get you first. "'What for?' "'I don't intend to tell my story until I'm under oath. "'I want every word I say to go on the court records. "'I charge these men with conspiracy and murder.' "'What is this, Cargan?' "'The poor devil's gone mad, I guess. "'He shot and killed a woman a few minutes ago.' And he's accused every man here of the crime. Murder, eh? Yes. Cold-blooded murder. Kennedy, to McGee. Who was the woman you shot? Don't let these men get away with this, Chief. I can prove my innocence. Pointing to Max. There's the real murderer. These men know it as well as I do. They're accusing me in an attempt to save their own necks. They're afraid to tell the truth because this man is a squealer, and they know that a confession from him of a scheme to steal the right-of-way for a streetcar franchise in Rutan will send them all to the state penitentiary. I can prove why I'm here tonight. Ask these men for their reason for being here, and let's hear what they have to say. Kennedy looks from one to the other without speaking. He's been raving like that for the last ten minutes, Chief. Kennedy to McGee. What is your reason for being here? I came here to write a book. Kennedy, to Cargan. You're right. He's a lunatic, sure. To Cargan. Who was the woman that telephoned to headquarters? Miss Norton, of the Rootin' Star. The Rootin' Star, eh? To Cargan. Is she the woman that was killed? No. Her name is Thornhill. Where is she? In one of the rooms upstairs. Was there anybody else here besides you people? Yes. Peters, the hermit. Another crazy man, eh? But he's disappeared. Well, he won't go far. Goes upstage and looks out of the door. I've got the house surrounded. Coming downstage. I'll look the ground over before I send for the coroner. He won't be here till seven or eight o'clock. You people will have to stay here till he comes. Cargan, Land, and Hayden sit near table left. Max sits right. What room is she in? Looking up at balcony. I'll show you, Chief. Starts towards stairs, leading the way followed by the Chief, Hayden, Bland, and Max in order named. All look back at McGee as they go upstairs. Kennedy, to McGee, when he gets on balcony. Take my tip. Don't try to get away, young fella. One of those cops outside will blow your head off if you do. McGee goes left near foot of stairs as men go up. You needn't be afraid. I'm going to stay right here, and I'm going to make sure these other men do until we're all taken into custody. It's a sad case, Chief. We're used to that. They generally go out of their minds after they shoot. Where is she? Cargan. Goes to door of room right. In here, Chief. 
Chief exits into the room, followed by Hayden, Bland, Max, and Cargan, the latter closing the door. During the last few speeches, Peters has been peering through glass in dining room door left. He now enters and goes quickly to McGee, centered. I carry the body from that room through the secret passage to the cellar. McGee, amazed. What? I heard them accuse you of the crime. Backs towards door left, slowly. They'll never find the secret passage, ha? Laughs. And they'll never find the body, ha, ha, ha. Laughs viciously. What did you do that for, you damn fool? Door opens on balcony right. Hist! He points up at door right on balcony. McGee looks up. Peters exits hurriedly through door left. Cargan enters, wild-eyed, from room, runs downstairs, and comes to left center. Max follows him down and goes to right. Hayden follows Max and comes down to left center. Bland follows Hayden and comes to right. All men show extreme fear. McGee, standing center, watches them. Kennedy comes out on balcony looks at people downstairs, then back at room for a moment, then out again at Q. Hayden, to Cargan, who is front of table left. What do you make of this, Cargan? The damn place is haunted. She must have escaped by the window. How could a dead woman jump from the window? Besides, the windows are closed. They all stand staring up at balcony. Kennedy appears from room right and closes door. Kennedy comes to center of balcony and stands looking down at men. Say what are you fellas trying to do, string me? Starts downstairs. You know I was born and brought up in New York City, even if I do live in Ascalon Falls. Comes down to center and looks them all over. I can't understand it at all. She was in that room ten minutes ago, Chief. I'll take a solemn oath on that. My God, I'm going insane. Grabs chair to steady himself. Say, what the devil is this all about? Looks from one to the other. If you people think you can make a joke out of me, you're mistaken. I won't stand for it. Now come on, what's the answer? It's no joke, Chief. There has been a murder committed here. Then where's the victim? In the cellar. What? What? In the cellar? If I'm not mistaken, that's where she was taken after the murder. You lie. You know she was taken to that room. Points to room right on the balcony. You saw his carrier there. Of course he did. Kennedy to McGee. What are you trying to do, trap me in the cellar? I tell you, Chief, you'll find the victim in the cellar. Then you can judge for yourself if I'm as crazy as these men claim me to be, or whether they've suddenly gone mad themselves. Kennedy blows his whistle. Now I'll get to the bottom of this thing pretty quick. Rushes up to the door, unlocks and opens it. Two cops enter, come to left of stage, up center, and await orders. Kennedy locks doors and goes to cops. Search the cellar of this place and report to me here what you find, every nook and corner. And don't leave a thing unturned, understand? Cops salute. Mary appears outside door. Hurry up, then. Cops exit through door left. Kennedy comes down center. If this thing is a practical joke, you'll all land in jail for it. I'm not going to be made the laughingstock of Ascalon Falls, I'll tell you that right now. 
Mary, who has been peering through door, opens it during this speech and enters. Kennedy turns as door opens and goes upstage. Hello, who's this? McGee goes left as Mary enters. Miss Norton. Mary locks door and starts down left center. Kennedy to Mary. I'll take that key, please. Mary hands Chief the key and goes to McGee, left center. Why are the police here? Kennedy goes down right center to Bland. McGee, reassuring Mary. It's all right. Kennedy to Bland. Who is this woman? She claims to be a newspaper reporter. She's a thief. She stole a package of money. Whose money? My money. Cargan, left in front of table. No, my money. It's bribe money, Chief. Where is the money? Mary turns and faces Chief. The money's been lost. What? what? Say, what the hell are you people trying to do to me, anyway? McGee to Mary. Where did you lose it? Mary to McGee. Kennedy goes over, listening. I don't know. Somewhere between here and Askewan. I searched every inch of the way from the bottom of the mountain to the top. It's gone, I'm afraid. Where is Mrs. Rhodes? She became too hysterical to return. I left her at the commercial house in Askewan. How much money was it? Two hundred thousand dollars. Kennedy looks from one to the other. Come on! Cut out the kid and stuff! How much was it? Hayden, left, near table. That's the exact amount the package contained, Chief. Two hundred thousand dollars. Kennedy, to Mary. Where'd you get this money? I gave it to her. Where did you get it? From Mayor Cargan. Where did you get the money, Cargan? No reply from Cargan. McGee, after a pause. He took the money from that safe. Kennedy, goes upstage a couple of steps, looks at safe, comes back to center. How did you open the safe, Cargan? I didn't open the safe. Who did? Peters, the hermit. Who put the money in the safe? Bland. Points at Bland. That man to your right. Kennedy, over to Bland, right center. Where'd you get the money to put in the safe? From Mr. Hayden. Kennedy, looks at Hayden, left. Is this true, Mr. Hayden? I refuse to answer for fear of incriminating myself. Kennedy, over to Max, right. What do you know about this, Max? Don't ask me, I don't know. My brain's on fire, I'm going mad. Tugs at his collar, breathing hard. Kennedy comes to center and looks them all over. Ha! Hayden gave the money to Bland. Bland put the money in the safe. Peters opened the safe. Cargan took the money from Peters. This fellow took the money from Cargan and gave it to the newspaper reporter. She loses the money in the mountains. Then somebody killed a woman, and the corpse got up and walked away, and you expect me to believe this bunk, do ya? Mary to McGee. What does he mean by saying that somebody killed a woman? Don't worry. It's all right. Mary and McGee go up left near foot of stairs. Cop, off stage. Come on, come on. Go on, get in there. He opens door left and throws Peters to center of stage. The other cop follows them on. That's all we could find in the cellar, Chief. No dead bodies or packages of money? Nothing else, Chief. Goes up left near door. Kennedy looks at Peters and laughs. Oh, it's you, is it, Peters? So that's where you hide, eh? In the cellar of Baldpate? 
Well, you'll have a nice room in the county jail tomorrow. Damn the police. I hate them. Kennedy throws Peters to right. Go on, get over there. Two cops as he goes up to the door. Guard the outside. As he goes up to the door, Mary and McGee come down to left center. Chief unlocks door to cops. And question anybody who passes up or down the mountain. Opens door. Cops exit. Chief locks door and comes down stage to Mary. You'll uh, have to step upstairs, miss. I've got a lot to say to these men here, and I'm not particular about my language when I'm on a case. So come on, step upstairs. Hayden, extreme left, near table. I don't believe this girl lost the money, Chief. Well, I'll get the matron of the jail here and have her searched. If she's got anything on her, we'll get it. Mary starts for stairs, Chief following her up. Go in one of those rooms till I call you. Mary is now on balcony center. Chief comes downstage to center. Who is this woman the girl says she left at the commercial house? Mrs. Rhodes. She's all right. Bland goes slightly towards Cargan. How do we know? Maybe they're working together. That's enough, Bland. Kennedy, as he goes towards phone, all back up and watch him. I'll call up the commercial house and see if she's there. In phone. Hello? Get me 35 Central, quick. Mary exits into room right on balcony. Ring me when you get it. Hangs up receiver and comes down to center. What's her name again? Mrs. Rhodes. Mary screams off stage and rushes from room to balcony. <coughs> What's the matter? Mary, screaming. She's dead! Someone's killed her! Who? Mary, hysterically. That woman there in the room! This is terrible! Kennedy looks at McGee. McGee looks at Cargan. All stand rigid, staring at each other for a moment. Then Kennedy, Cargan, Bland, Hayden, and Max rush upstairs on balcony and cross to room right. As they pass in front of Mary, she backs up against windows and stands with arms outstretched against them. Peters is standing right, laughing. McGee goes over right to Peters quickly. What did you do? Bring her back to that room? Isn't that what you wanted me to do? No, you blithering idiot. Turns and takes Mary in his arms as she runs to him. Tell me who did this. How did it happen? It's all right. Take it easy. Max, Bland, Cargan, and Hayden enter from room right in this rotation, all wild-eyed. They line up on balcony and keep their eyes glued to the door of the room. Kennedy enters on balcony, also keeping his eyes fixed on the room. He looks at the men on balcony and then down at McGee and Mary, who stare up at him, then at Peters, who is over right. Say, what are you people trying to do to me? Two men on balcony who are still staring at door. Go on, get downstairs where you belong. Four men come downstairs and go to former position. Telephone rings. Kennedy runs downstairs. Don't touch that phone. I'll answer it. Looks from one to the other suspiciously. Is this dump haunted or is the joke on me? No one replies. The phone still rings. I'll soon find out. Goes to phone. All back up and watch him. Hello? Yes, I called you. Say, listen, Charlie, this is Chief Kennedy talking. 
Is there a woman there by the name of Rhodes? She was... She did, eh? How long ago? I see. What's that? She asked you to mind a package for you till she got back. All look at each other, startled. Where have you got it? In the safe? Say, listen, Charlie. Call headquarters right away and get a man over there. Give him that package and tell him to bring it up to Baldpate Inn as quick as he can, understand? Never mind, you do as I tell you. And listen, tell them to guard the garage or the depot and put all strangers under arrest, men and women. I know what I'm doing, Charlie. You take orders from me. And listen, get the coroner on the phone and tell him to get up here to Baldpate Inn in a rush. This is a case for him. Don't lose any time now. Keep your mouth shut and get busy. Hangs up receiver and comes to center. All come forward. She left the hotel a quarter of an hour ago. She put the package in the hotel safe before she went. He looks them all over. They stand staring at each other. Huh. Somebody kills a woman, the victim disappears, and then comes back. That's pretty good stuff. McGee, aside to Mary, writes center. How do you account for this? Mary, aside to McGee. She must have stolen the money from me as we were running down the mountain. Whistle is heard outside door. All turn and look toward door. They got somebody. Rushes up to door and unlocks it. Cop enters. Chief locks door. What is it? A woman. Shoot her in. Unlocks door, opens it and closes it as cop exits. Here comes the bite, I guess, that tried to fly away with the coin. Opens the door as Mrs. Rhodes appears. She enters and watches Kennedy as he locks door. Mrs. Rhodes turns, takes in situation, then to Chief. What is the meaning of this? Kennedy, up near door. That's what I'm trying to find out. Mrs. Rhodes goes to Mary, right center. Is there any trace of the money? Mary turns from her without replying. Mrs. Rhodes then turns and looks at men, who all give her a contemptuous look. Kennedy comes downstage center, standing back of her. Hayden crosses to left center between Cargan and Kennedy. Are you going to have these women searched, Chief? Kennedy, down left of Mrs. Rhodes. Maybe it won't be necessary. Looks intently at Mrs. Rhodes over her left shoulder. We'll wait until we see what's in the package she left at the commercial house. Mrs. Rhodes starts, regains her composure, then seeing all watching her, she turns and makes a dash for the door. Chief speaks as he follows her up. Hayden crosses back to left. No, you don't. Nobody leaves here until this whole thing has been cleared up and I find out who killed that woman. Mrs. Rhodes turns startled. <gasps> killed a woman? Over to Cargan. What does he mean? Cargan turns from her without speaking. She goes to Mary. Mary to Mrs. Rhodes. You stole the money from me, didn't you? Mrs. Rhodes goes to Cargan without replying to Mary. Cargan looks Mrs. Rhodes straight in the eye. I'll never trust another woman as long as I live. Peters, right. They're no good. They never were. Kennedy to Peters. Shut up. Comes to Mrs. Rhodes at center. Well, what have you got to say, Mrs.? Mrs. Rhodes, after a pause. Yes, but I did steal the money. 
Mary looks at McGee. Others look at Mrs. Rhodes. Mrs. Rhodes, over to Cargan, left. But I did it for you, Jim Cargan. I knew that if the story was ever made public, you would be a ruined man. I knew the package of money was the evidence that would convict you. I intended to return it to Mr. Hayden and try to kill off the bribe and save you from disgrace. I did all this because I thought you cared. And what is my reward? You stand there ready to turn against me, to condemn me. Very well, now I'll turn. Turns to Kennedy. Officer, these men have bargained to cheat the city of Rutan. I demand their arrest on the charge of conspiracy. It's a lie. It's the truth, Chief. The absolute truth. This young lady and I will testify against these men and prove them guilty of conspiracy and murder. Murder? What have you got to say to this, Mr. Cargan? Nothing at all. I'm through. Sits at table left. Bland goes upstage, then crosses to above table left. So am I. I can't stand this any longer. I'm going mad. Goes to chief. Peters takes chair. Max vacates. During following speech, McGee takes Mary upright. I want you to know the real truth. Twas I who killed that woman upstairs. I shot her down like a dog. I know that I haven't got a chance, but I don't want to be sent to the chair. I'll confess. I'll tell the truth. I'll turn state's evidence. Anything. But for God's sakes, don't let them kill me. Kneels at Kennedy's feet. Kennedy to Max. Get up. Max rises. Chief takes handcuffs from his pocket. Come on, you'll have to wear these, young fellow. Puts handcuffs on Max. Mrs. Rhodes goes to foot of stairs. Bland, throwing up hands. Here we go. Hayden to Cargan. What are we going to do, Cargan? No less than ten years, I'm afraid. Kennedy to Max. Go on, get over there. Pushes Max over right, then goes upstage right and down in circle. Max takes Peter's chair. Mrs. Rhodes goes to Mary right center. Can you ever forgive me? Mary, giving Mrs. Rhodes her hand. I didn't understand. I do now. Both go to foot of stairs, crossing in front of Chief. Kennedy, down to McGee, right center. And you came here to write a book, eh? That was the original idea. You know, I don't know yet whether you people are kidding me or not. All turn toward door as police whistle is heard. They've got somebody. Rushes up to door and unlocks it. Cop enters. He closes door. Well, what now? Cop. Hands package to chief. A package brought to you by the police messenger. He says it's from the commercial house. All start. Tell the messenger to hurry back and tell the coroner to hurry up. Opens door. Cop exits. Chief locks door and comes downstage a bit, a sickly smile on his face. Say, before I open this thing, I want to tell you something. If this turns out to be a bunch of cigar coupons, I'm going to smash somebody sure. I won't stand to be strung, even if I am a small-town cop. Opens package and sees bills. Great Scott, it's the real thing. 
How much did you say was here? Two hundred thousand dollars. Hayden goes to Kennedy Center. I'll take that money, please. It belongs to me. Cargan goes to Kennedy Center. Nor it doesn't. It belongs to me. You hold that money, Chief. It's the only real evidence of bribery we've got. Go away! Hayden goes upstage. Cargan goes right of chair at table. McGee goes center. You needn't tell me what to do. I know my business. Hayden crosses to left of table. Kennedy puts money in his pocket and goes to phone. As he does so, all on stage, back up and watch him. In phone. Hello? Get me 13 Central. Wait. Hello? Is that you, Jane? This is the chief. I want to talk to my wife. Wait. Hello? Hello, Betty? Listen, Betty, get this clear. Get some things together and get the children ready and take that five o'clock train to New York. Never mind, now listen. When you get there, look up the railroads, get on the first and quickest train that goes to Montreal. Montreal! I'll be there waiting for you Thursday morning. Don't ask a lot of questions. Do as I tell you. What are we going to do there? We're going to live there. Montreal. I don't know. Turns to McGee. How the hell do you spell Montreal? No one replies. Listen, go to Canada. Any part of it. I'll find you. What? Never mind the furniture. We're going to live in a palace. Canada, that's all. You do as I tell you. Gets up from phone and goes center, looking at the money. As he sees everyone staring at him, he puts it in his pocket. What do you think you're going to do? You heard me, didn't you? I'm going to Canada. Canada? I hope to God you freeze to death. You mean to tell me you're going to steal that money? Why shouldn't I steal it from a gang of crooks like this? It's one chance in a lifetime to get this much money. You don't suppose I'm going to pass it up when I've got it right here in my kick, do you? Not me. I'm going to have one hell of a time for the rest of my life and send my two boys to college. Bland, over to Kennedy. Do you imagine we're going to stand by and let you get away with it? Kennedy whips out his gun and backs upstage a trifle. All but Bland and McGee back away from him. That's just what you're going to do. And I'm going to have my men keep you here all night until I get a damn good start. Bland knocks the gun from the chief's hand. McGee grabs his arms and pins them behind him. Bland gets a hold on his legs. Women scream and run halfway upstairs. I've got him. Get that money. Peters rushes towards Kennedy, yelling. I'll get it. I'll get it. Kennedy, yelling from the time he is grabbed. Let me go. Do you hear? Let me go. Peters grabs money from Chief's pocket. I got it. Cargan starts for Peters. Give me that money. Hayden starts for Cargan and grabs him by the arm when the latter is center. No, you don't, Cargan. That's my money. Don't let them get it, Peters. Let them try and get it. Bland and McGee release the chief. Now let me see you get it. Throws money in fire, laughing viciously. All stare into fire, watching the money burn. Watch the rotten stuff burn. McGee comes down center. What have you done? He's burned the money. A fortune. 
Good God! Have my men here and shoot you down like a pack of hounds! Starts up center as two pistol shots are heard outside. Bland goes left, near women. McGee goes upright, Cargan to table left. Max goes right. Kennedy goes up towards door. What's that? All turn and stare towards door. Max looks up on balcony and yells. Look! Look! All look up on balcony as he points to Myra, who is walking from room to room right. A ghost! A real ghost! Mary screams and grabs McGee. Mrs. Rhodes screams and grabs Cargan. Hayden crouches left. Bland jumps behind desk. Max huddles up in chair near fire. Peters is on his knees. Take her away. I didn't mean to kill her. Take her away. Kennedy yells. Let me out of this place. It's a graveyard. Starts for door. Door flies open and the owner enters. All stare at him. Hayden, after a pause. The seventh key. The seventh key. Mary runs to Mrs. Rhodes' right. McGee goes up center. Kennedy to owner. Who are you? Owner, standing at door. I'm the owner of Ballpate Inn. Two policemen refused to allow me to pass, and I shot them dead. McGee comes down to center. What? This isn't true. This can't be true. I'm a raving maniac. Owner comes downstage right of McGee. I just arrived, Billy. I motored from New York. I expected to find you alone. Looks around at people. Circles upright and back to center. Who are these people? How did they get in here? Have they disturbed you in your work? How are you getting on with the story? How am I getting on? Great heavens, man, to what sort of a place did you send me? Nothing but crooks, murderers, ghosts, pistol shots, policemen, and dead people walking about the halls. Hundreds of thousands of dollars and keys and keys and keys. You win, I lose. Twenty-four hours. Why, I couldn't write a book in twenty-four years in a place like this. My God, what a night this has been. Owner starts laughing. Then all join in, laughing and talking, ad-lib. McGee stands looking at them in utter amazement. (laughs) I'm not going to hold you to the wager, Billy. I just want you to know that it isn't real. What isn't real? Mrs. Rhodes steps towards McGee, smiling. I'm not a real widow. Crosses to foot of stairs. Mary comes down center. The owner goes up to desk, laughing. Cargan comes to McGee. I'm not a real politician. Goes upstage. Kennedy, down to McGee. I'm not a real policeman. Back upstage. Peters comes downstage to McGee. This isn't real hair. Takes off wig and goes upstage right. Hayden goes to McGee's center. These are not real whiskers. Takes off whiskers and goes upstage left. That wasn't real money that was burned. Goes upstage right. Max, over to McGee's center. These are not real handcuffs, see? Breaks handcuff, 
and goes upstage right. Myra appears on balcony right. I'm not a real dead one. Hearty laugh from all. McGee, to Mary, after looking around in amazement, goes to her left center. Are you real? Owner comes downstage to center. Not a real newspaper reporter. I mean a real girl. Mary smiles. That's for you to say. McGee turns to Owner. Well, for heaven's sake, don't keep me in the dark. Explain. Tell me what it all means. It means, old boy, that I wanted to prove to you how perfectly improbable and terrible those awful stories you've been writing would seem if such things really and truly happened. I left New York an hour ahead of you today. I got to Royton at nine o'clock tonight, went directly to the Empire Theater, told the manager of our bet, framed the whole plan, engaged the entire stock company, hired half a dozen autos, shot over to Asquan after the performance, and we arrived at the top of the mountain at exactly 12 o'clock. Since then, you know what's happened. I've been watching the proceedings from the outside, and if it were not for the fact that I'm nearly frozen stiff, I'd call it a wonderful night. All laugh heartily. You did this to me. Owner laughs. <laughs> You're not mad, are you? Of course, if you want to go through with a bet, why, uh... <laughs> no thanks. The bet's off. I've had enough of bald pate. Me for the commercial house until the train is ready to start. Over to Mary, left center. Is your real name Mary? She nods affirmatively. Well, Mary, the shots in the night, the chases after fortune, and all the rest of the melodrama may be all wrong. But will you help me prove to this man that there really is such a thing as love at first sight? All show interest. How can I do that? Don't you know? Well, you don't want me to say it, do you? McGee whispers in her ear. She nods affirmation. Now remember your promise, Mary. Hearty laugh from all as he kisses her. Lights go out, and black drop falls for about 30 seconds. End of Act 2.